Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Soho Radio Podcast, showcasing some of the best broadcasts from our online radio station, right from the heart of Soho, London. Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mixcloud page or listen live at SohoRadioLondon.com. Hello everyone, this is Corey, and you're listening to The Other Woman Show on Soho Radio. Today's guest is another very special person for me. Her name is Marcela. She's from El Salvador. She's an incredible businesswoman, artist manager, and just a fantastic all-around human. Marce, welcome to The Other Woman Show on Soul Radio. How are you today? Thank you. I'm doing great. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, so you have to know that while here in London it's very dark, very windy and very cold, uh, where Marce is, she's in El Salvador and it's very sunny and she just told me that in a very safely COVID matter, she shot yesterday a video in the middle of a lake with one of the artists she manages <laughs> and then she went on the top of a volcano, so it's kind of literally living a life through her eyes and uh, yes so welcome I am so happy to have you here uh, Marcel and I met at Westminster University five years ago it's been already five years oh my god yes five years ago while we were studying um, music business management and I remember that the first time I met you, it was at the orientation day when we were just starting to get to know everything around what the course was. And I instantly fell in love with you and your energy and what you brought to our group of friends was amazing. And we had so much fun together. The good thing is that I keep uh, watching you and looking at what you're doing. And it's incredible because you're blossoming as a fantastic woman, as a fantastic professional. And I can't wait for everyone to hear your story. Let's start from the beginning. You are now working in music. You have your own companies and we're going to touch on this later. But you started as a graphic designer. So what's the journey from Marcela, graphic designer in El Salvador, to music business in London? Well, it's kind of crazy. I, when I was a starting graphic designer and the decision why I started, Uh, studying that it's because in the beginning I actually wanted to study music theater and this is very important because it's one of the things that is driving the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing right now and I used to sing etc but here in El Salvador we don't have that career and if I wanted to study that I needed to go abroad and just like it was not possible for me So I decided to go with graphic design, which I totally love, with the idea of like, I'm going to design the covers of my favorite artists. <laughs> so it was still linked with music. And then I was going to continue singing as a hobby. Then I separated from that, like mid-career, because it was just impossible to have both. It was too demanding. 
And uh, then I felt I had a, an awkward year on which I was like, okay, but if I don't sing, uh, what do I do? <laughs> like how I'm going to have my life around music. Like, yes, I wanted to design, but that was not enough. And then, and I heard this, you telling one time, a similar story of you, I went into Google. Yes. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, okay, this was in 2011, by the way, second year of university. Um, careers in music. And then it was like, um, oh, because like in university, the UK embassy had given a speech about this scholarship they had, the, the Chevenin Award, and it covered all your expenses, etc. So it was like music, masters in UK, that was. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> because I had no idea, like I just wanted to see options, you know? And then it was like the second option was Mr. University Music Business Management. And I opened it and like, it was a whole new world for me because I had no idea that you could study that and you could involve, be involved with music on this whole world that is not necessarily on top of the stage, but like on the side yeah. in a way. And I fell in love with it. And that same day I decided like, I want to go there. And then fast forward five years later, September, 2016, I indeed ended up being there. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. For, so you've been so determined. You decided five years prior, your departure, that you were going to end up in Westminster. And how did you live through those five years? Like, how did you keep your focus on what you decided that day? And what did you do in those five years? Did you finish your study as, studies as a graphic designer? How did you keep visualizing this goal of yours? while being in El Salvador? Well, I started like, I just knew I wanted to continue my life in music, right? So I knew that I didn't want money, which had been the first reason why I couldn't study first, to, to stop me from that. And I knew there was this award that I wanted to win. So first of all, I was like, okay, I'm going to do everything that it takes for me to be able to win that. So I started doing volunteer, like all the things that it takes you to win this sort of award, especially because like saying, oh, it's for music. When usually those awards are given like, I don't know, for sustainable economics or mm -hmm. those kind of things, you know. So I started thinking like, how can I help the country? Because it's the reason why they give these awards to this kind of country with studying music. And, uh, but on the side, I knew there was a very small chance of me doing that. So I started saving money. And I also told my mom since the very beginning, like, this is going to happen. I want that. And my mom has been a huge supporter, like incredible. And, and she has always been like, go do it. If you want it, do it. So like, it was just like that. So I made a plan focusing mostly on the award and that helped me because it was like, okay, this year I'm going to focus on volunteering. Next year, this internship and next year following like these steps, and then like, I didn't win the award, but it surely prepared me to be able to get into the university, to save all that money and like all this knowledge and to have a plan of why I really wanted to go and study the master and to come back yeah. and what I was sort of going to do when coming back. Yeah, this is, the, and this is one of the things that I find most inspiring about you and your journey is that I remember since the first time we met, 
you came to London to learn to then go back to El Salvador and give back to your country somehow what you learned uh, here in UK. And I think this is so powerful because I migrated as well, but I kind of never had the desire to go back, you know, uh, to my roots yeah. and set up something or help changing something. But after I met you, you kind of planted that seed of saying, what am I doing here? What am I learning? And maybe in the future, there will be an occasion for me to go back to my home country and create something out of what I learned. And I think this is so amazing of you. I'll never be tired of saying this. And we're going to talk about how you're doing this right now. Yes. But let's pause in London. We were studying. Uh, we all had five jobs. You were working in a tea shop. We went to a lot of gigs. We went to a lot of parties. <laughs> we, yes. <laughs> we did a lot of fun stuff. Uh, but again, you are a force of nature and you managed to create your own world here as well quite shortly. Uh, as Marcia told me, fun fact, she worked for a management agency uh, with Dan Gray, that is the founder of Soul Radio. So yeah. uh, somehow you have a story with Soul Radio as well. And then you were volunteering at the Roundhouse, you were uh, working with some university projects as well. What are the three key learnings that you brought back from your experience here in London and at Westminster University? Uh, first of all, of not being afraid to ask and that you can learn from anybody and from any project. Like no project is small for you to learn something and bring back and add to your big bag of knowledge. Second of all, and this is not necessarily related to music, but it's mental health. Uh, it's the first year that I realized that you can work too much <laughs> and it's not good to work too much as well, uh, that it's good to put limits to you, even if it's something that you love so much. Like personally, it was like going to concerts. I reached the point of being, of saying no to concerts, which has been something that never in my mind would have crossed. But, but yes, you have to take care on, on yourself in order to do a good job. Um, and the third thing is to be a good person. And just to treat everybody respectfully, equally, uh, it doesn't matter in which position they are. Everybody deserves respect. You are, yeah, like these are three key learnings from life, not only from your experience <laughs> in London, I must say. <laughs> One thing that I think it's uh, really important is uh, the mental health and how you juggle uh, everything you do, because even now you are involved in so many projects because you still have uh, your job as a graphic designer for uh, ONG, uh, Glasswing International. International. Yes. Uh, yes. And you have your own management company, MM Musica. You found yes. uh, Kui, is that the correct way? Exactly. Kui, yeah. uh, which is... Uh, these uh, organization that wants to professionalize the Salvadorian music industry by creating events, concerts, workshops. There's also a magazine uh, called Bula. Bula. Buya. Buya. Yeah, this is yeah. the Italian double L. Buya. <laughs> uh, and then you were also involved in a docu series about the Salvadorian cultural scene called Somos Arte. 
and you were also running the Kickstarter campaign for that. So um, an advice for anyone that like Hugh is a thriving human that has a lot of passion and is really starting to build their own business. Now, with what you learned here in London, what's your advice to have yes. a balance between work and life when you're juggling different projects at the same time? One thing that I have recently learned, especially last year with the pandemic and everything, is to stop following the a schedule that society gives you. Start following your inner schedule mm -hmm. in the sense of like, for me, and I always give the example that I know that is myself. Of course. I'm a morning person. So I, even if I don't want to like today, even if yesterday I had a long day, I was awake at seven and I was like, why Marcella, why? <laughs> but that's who I am. So I always try to put most of the things in the morning because it's like when I have more energy, I'm fresh, I'm creative. I try to answer as many emails and like whatever. Then I already, I have learned that between two and three, for example, I'm like, I won't be able to focus. So I never try to have meetings or if I have deadlines for that day, I try to put them before that. Mm -hmm. And I stop feeling bad, for example, of just not being able to work during that time, just because the world tells you you have to be active on the time. So, uh, so it's, it's that sense of just learning how your body and your mind works. And again, like, I, do you remember George? George is a... Uh, Hey, was our tutor. He also gave this example when we were studying the masters that he is more active and works better at night, yeah. like after midnight even. And if that works for him, great. And if that's your case, then go for it as long as you always take your time to rest and everything. So it's just like trying to organize yourself, keeping in mind not to follow whoever's schedule, but your inner schedule. Mm, and to be aware of that. That's a very good tip. So it's also a lot of um, work in knowing yourself and be honest with yourself, which is not always easy, but definitely on the long run, uh, it's, it's a good thing. It's a good investment to really listen to yourself and your own rhythm. Your work, like we can say, you know, you are a graphic designer, you're a music manager, you're a promoter, you're an event organizer, but ultimately you're really starting to build your business I would say as a cultural business if I don't know if you ever seen it that way but what I love about what you do is that it's so broad and it's so, it's such a variety of activities that really encompasses the importance that building a culture around what you do you know means and uh, I really love what you do and how you connect the dots as well because also your work with graphic with the graphic agency uh, sorry with the ONG you work it's around helping youth and communities and you're trying to build a scene in El Salvador and to educate other young professionals in working in this business. So how, how do you see this in your own words? And if it's possible for you to answer this question, what's your ultimate mission? My ultimate, I, I do have one. And this is why I said before, why it is important, the fact that I was not able to study music theater. In the end, it comes to that. Like the way I see it is that all the work that I'm doing is like, supposedly, let's say, this, uh, if I, whenever I die or like, even if I am old and gray or whatever, like 
after all the work that I'm doing, I just want to be able that if another Marcela is born again here in El Salvador, that she is going to be able to start a music theater as she wants to. That's all I want. Oh my so, God, <laughs> this is amazing. So um, there is a lot of work to do here in El Salvador because like, and just to give some sort of like background to listeners and to you, it's obviously it's always hard for musicians in the entire world, but here in El Salvador, it's, it's very weird. Like music industry is developing, like, because we have things developed that are easier for people that is not as easy as in London, like maybe getting a concert in a big mm -hmm. place. But uh, there are other very simple things like understanding what is a royalty or what is a manager or getting people that wants to work in that way with you. Uh, we don't have that. So it's, it's weird. It's, it's honestly an industry that needs a lot of development, professionalism, like contracts really don't exist here. So it's, it's so that's the reason why I work a little bit of everything because it needs that. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, but in the, the end goal is that basically. This is amazing. <laughs> and in the end, it comes down to, I guess as well, somehow representation and, you know, create an environment where young people can see themselves. And, you know, when you see yourself in someone else, then you start feeling that your dream is possible and, you know, you, you may be going to pursue those careers, even if, you know, it, it sounds hard because you saw someone doing it. So this is great. But also uh, something that uh, brings me back to a, a book I just read uh, this weekend. Uh, it said, um, it, so representation is important because if you see yourself, you can see that your dreams, you know, are possible. But even if you don't see yourself, it doesn't mean that your dream is impossible. It means that you're going to be the first person doing that thing. And yeah. this is basically you. And uh, I find so much energy, inspiration, <laughs> and ultimately, like, lively energy in what you do and how you say it. It's, it's incredible. It's literally, it's humbling every time I speak with you. And uh, Thank you. what are you working on right now? How does the future look like? And if anyone would like to learn more or be involved, how, where do they find you? Uh, well, I do have a website. <laughs> nice. mmusica.com. But I'm also available on Instagram, marce.bd. Like, those are like the easiest ways of contacting me. And I think that the best way of supporting right now, like I'm truly focused on just supporting Salvadorian music scene in general is just being curious and not just Salvadorian scene, but I, I want, because I believe in it, like Central American scene, mostly Guatemala, Honduras and El Salvador, which is like the Northern Triangle, we call it, which is the three countries that are together. Uh, there are a lot of artists with so much talent, but usually uh, people don't see this way. Mm. <laughs> and even artists don't come here. So it's like just the fact of just Googling or on Spotify, listening to the music or contacting me and me sending music to them or collaborating on any sense, like I'm open to that or just connecting with whoever they need to. That's incredible. Yeah. 
Oh. Yeah, it's 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 really important what you're saying about being curious and about expanding our you know music taste and diversifying our um, Spotify libraries and our readings and whatnot. On an ending note, you manage a couple of artists. So if you would also like to touch on that very briefly, how yes. do you do that? What are the challenges? What are the highlights? Okay. Um, I manage two artists at the moment. Uh, one is a seven-man band, which is like <laughs> my son's <laughs> Camelo funk pop band. Um, they're really fun to work with, honestly. And their live show, it's just like a party, a huge celebration of life in general. Then we have A.R. Ferdinand, who is a producer, DJ, uh, he does mostly Indytronic, but you can hear pretty much any genre that you can think of on any of their songs. And he had, he's a, what I love about him is that he's a true artist on everything. He thinks of everything, like from what he's going to wear, how the pictures are going to look, what the video is going to say, the story on the video, the album, like he, every single detail, he has a whole universe in his mind that he wants to see so it's Beautiful. very interesting <laughs> and then about the challenges of doing what well what I'm working on there are so many <laughs> it's it, it, I, I mean I don't know where to start because it's like it, it's very it's very funny because it's just finding the problems that people have not thought of so because of that, of what I was explaining, like there is no tradition of doing contracts, for example, of like, of, or even sending formal quotes if you are being hired on an end. So like uh, just adding the formality to these things, there have been so many years of, of history of people not getting that from artists that when you do it, they are like, why to do it? They even get offended. You know, mm. it's like, you don't trust me. And it's like, it's not about not trust. It's about just being formal and like, we, this is a career as well. And so you have to understand that there has to be, to be limits, formality and legal things as well. So it starts from that and uh, for the fact of just changing habits. I guess that's the main problem, changing habits of that of an entire society. You have this big project and you are the driving force of all of this. But did you manage to find a community uh, around you to help you do this? Or um, how did you create this community? How did you reach out and what do you envision? I was extremely lucky on finding a community. So before I went to London, there was a collective called Indie Collective that was a huge inspiration for me that were basically indie bands getting together, doing what Kui is now. Actually, Kui, before being Kui, was Indie Collective. So I joined together with some of the people that were on Indie Collective now, and then we just found other people interested and we have been joining and building that community. And it's been beautiful because we've, we've found each other, like not just interested on this same objective, but also align on all the things that we want to bring in, like inclusion, um, gender equality. Uh, I mean, all these rights of like, that are now so important, like even environmental. Yeah. <laughs> 
right, that are so important, you, you know me for me as well. So I have been very lucky of not being by myself. I ask every guest to, uh, ask, to, to give me a selection of music. Yes, uh, thank you very much, uh, very wisely. I, I did choose a, a little bit everything from the region. So first we have Gabriela Triste, Fruzzi. This is a girl that has been doing music for maybe two or three years, very new. And even if it's a song in Spanish, what I love is that she uses so many references that are truly Salvadoran and it's the first time in modern pop slash hip hop trap <laughs> that I hear so many Salvadoran references in a song. And, and I loved it. And I love the fact that it a lot of people outside El Salvador has identified with it. And it recently even reached the 1 million streams on Spotify. Wow. So it truly makes me happy. The song is called Fruitsi. Fruitsi is a beverage in El Salvador, traditional. It reminds me of childhood. So even with the name, it's amazing. Nice. <laughs> then the second singer is Pura Coco. She, um, I, I had to admit, I'm not sure if she was born here or in New York, but she grew up in New York. Her parents are Salvadoran. She has an amazing voice. Uh, the song is Sunday Morning, jazz, blues. The first time I listened to her reminded me of like a young Alicia Keys. And then I found out she was Salvadoran, like her parents were Salvadoran. And I was like, oh my God, yes, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> then the third one is Michi. Again, a Salvadoran, uh, well, she's half, half Salvadoran, this time in California, Night Moves. She's doing a pop, synth pop, uh, noir, and it's just electrifying. I love it. And also, not, like, one of the reasons I have been choosing like these artists is because there are rhythms that you think you wouldn't listen in Central America mm. because you should be associated with like reggaeton, Latin genres, etc. But these are not. So it's it's really cool in case you are not into that kind of music. Just in case. Then the fourth one is Look at Me. It's easy. These they are from Guatemala, actually. They have been doing music for quite a while. Uh, this is not their original formation, but like four or five years ago, I think they introduced Sofia Insua, who is the lead singer now that you listen to her, that you, that you listen to the song. And her voice, the first time that I listened to this, it was like, whoa, this is a game changing <laughs> experience. And nice. it just saved me. And it's the kind of song that even if you, of course you don't forget about it, but like you spend one year without listening to it and it's, suddenly appears in your playlist like I get addicted to it for an entire day <laughs> and then the last one is the only not Central American act that I cho chose it's Mula but I love them uh, I discovered them last year they are three sisters from Republica Dominicana Aguaquequema and well they are doing like so many things it's salsa reggaeton trap with electric things and way too many things <laughs> combined into their album this is just like one song that I highly recommend their album their oh latest album. wow it sounds it sounds amazing and I can't wait to uh for everyone to listen to this selection and what I really like is the fact that as you said you chose genre that the mainstream culture doesn't necessarily 
connect uh, with your country or with Central America in general. And I think this is something, again, very important to highlight. Marce, I cannot thank you enough for making up the time to chat with me and uh, so Radio at the Other Woman Show. You are a continuous source of inspiration and I'm sure that everyone listening to this episode will really benefit from hearing your voice and, and your story. So thanks a lot. Thank you for the time and for all your kind words. You are an inspiration to me as well. Thanks everyone for tuning in. You listened to Corey for The Other Woman Show on Solo Radio. And once again, thank you, Marcela, for joining me, for telling your story, your journey, sharing advice with all of us here. <laughs>